You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. Good morning, everyone. It is Facebook Live Tuesday. And I'm here today to talk about repentance. And no, this is not a hell and fire brimstone message that I'm going to be sharing with you today. Like everything else that Jesus preached, the gospel is good news and repentance is glorious. Repentance is such an awesome word. It is an awesome process. Everything about it is good, good news. So let me pray and we'll jump in. Let me just double check that everything's working, you know, right on the page here. Uh, I can't see my comments here when I do it this way. So I just want to kind of make sure you guys are jumping on. And this way I might be able to even see who's on and say hello to you guys. Let's see if I can get here. All right. See if I'm there. Where am I? Okay. Well, good morning. (laughs) This is so slow. Tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and pray while that's loading. And then I'll check it again. All right. Here we go. There's Leah. Hi. Good morning, Leah. Let me see who else is. is, Oh, now you can hear me. Good morning. Oh, I'm not very tech savvy this morning, but you guys have lots of grace for me, right? So, oh, good mercy's here too. Constance and Connie. Yay. Glad you guys are here. Wonderful. Let me pray and we'll jump in and I'll try to monitor the comments a little bit if I set this up here and see if I'm not too distracted by it. Once I get rolling, sometimes it's too much multitasking. Hey, Ebony, God bless you. So glad you guys are here. Well, let me pray. Okay. Father, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that the good news is better than we've been taught, better than we believed, but the Holy Spirit is here. He is here with all of the grace of Jesus Christ to cause us to believe, to cause us to get into agreement with you. And so today, Father, I pray that as we talk about the process of repentance and what it really means, that, Father, you're going to use our time together to really catapult people into a into next-level living, Father, because next-level living comes from next-level thinking, and repentance is all about the way that we think. And so, Daddy, I'm just depending on you, Holy Spirit. We are depending on you. You teach us today. You take us where we want to go. I just yield and say, say what you want to say in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, awesome. Hey, Norris, glad you're here. Uh, I'm going to start today with a scripture from Mark 115. I have taught off of the scripture a million different sermons, I feel like. Uh, But today I want to hone in on a particular word that is in this scripture. Okay. So let me read it. I'm going to read it out of the amplified version just because that's what's up on my Bible right now. Uh, and this is actually, this is okay. Start for Mark one verse 14 says now after John the Baptist was arrested and taken into custody, Jesus went to Galilee preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. And saying the appointed period of time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent 
Change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret past sins, live your life in a way that proves repentance, seek God's purpose for your life, and believe with a deep abiding trust in the good news regarding salvation. Now, I think it's pretty awesome that I pulled up the Amplified version because the Amplified version actually goes into amplifying or further explaining the word repentance. But I want to put this in context for a moment because here is Jesus preaching. Okay, so he is preaching the good news of the gospel, but he he prefaces it with saying that the kingdom of God is here. It's at hand. Now is the time. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is invading the earth. So he's making this proclamation, this announcement that heaven has arrived on the scene. Now, this is I mean, that'll preach because most of us act like heaven is somewhere where we're going to go after we die. And we are not connected to the reality that the kingdom of God is a right now reality that exists inside of us dimensionally. It's another dimension and it's now and it's here because Jesus came, it came with him. And so this is the first proclamation that Jesus, Jesus makes. And so it's in the context of wake up, the kingdom is here that he uses this word repent repent and believe the gospel, repent and believe the good news. So the first thing I want to say is that the process of repentance is always changing what we think so that we are in alignment with the good news. Okay. We're believing good things when we repent. So before I hop off too far into that concept, let me just break down this, this word repent. Okay, it, it, repentance is from the Greek word metaneo, and it is defined, I mean, most of the time people talk about it like, you know, turning from your sins or returning is another way that people will talk about it, but it's way more than that. I mean, at its core, it means a transformation that happens internally, like a, 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 tra a complete transformation and that transformation happens one way, okay? It happens by changing our mind or changing the way that we think. In the Amplified Version, it brings that out. It says, change your inner self, your old way of thinking. It also brings in this concept of re regret and, you know, live your life in a way that proves repentance and seek God's purpose for your life. And I'll talk about this in a little, in a little bit, but the main thing I want to want to want to highlight here is that metaneo is a transformative word. It's about a transformation of your life by changing your inner world, your inner self, which means you're changing the way that you're thinking. You're changing your mind. And this transformation leads to a new experience. And the new experience when we do scriptural repentance is heaven on earth. The new experience is a, a transformative, um, visible, right, uh, experience of Christ in us, the, the gospel itself manifesting in our lives. Now, I cannot do the Greek word metano, metaneo uh, justice, or even this concept of repentance without taking you over to uh, Romans chapter 12, verse two. I mean, this is a foundational scripture uh, 
of Christian living. It also happens to be the foundation scripture for my ministry, my company, Rethink. And it's a play on the idea of repentance and changing your mind, but it's kind of a, you know, 2021 way to say it, rethink. I mean, you could use that rethink word instead of repentance and say, you know, rethink it and believe the gospel. It would be uh, correct to actually insert that phrase. So let me read Romans 12, two to you, and I'm going to read it. I think I like the New Living Translation of this scripture. Let me just maybe read it out of a couple different versions and see which one really is going to land. But here's what it says. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Oh my gosh, I love combining these con- this concept from Romans tra- chapter 12 to f- with Mark 1 15. Why? Because it's saying that the transformation that's happening is good <laughs> and that God's will is perfect and good and it's pleasing, right? So repentance is a really positive process. And I think if you're like me, I mean, I grew up in church that was definitely hellfire and brimstone, and it was all focused on sin. It was just a sin-conscious gospel, which is not good news at all, by the way. And it really caused us to be focused on the problem and on the sin. And if you want to think about it in a process of changing your mind, and if you had a bad way of thinking, and then when you renewed your mind or when you repented, you had a good way of thinking, it was so focused on the bad way of thinking and really not focused at all on the good way of thinking. And so you people would just get stuck. I did. I got stuck in this focus on what is wrong, the sin, the bad belief, the, the thing that you're trying to you know transform and change. And that is a terrible way to approach the process of repentance. And, and it does not lead to transformation at all. Okay, so I'm going to read Romans 12 too. And another translation here, I'm just going to read it in the New King James Version because I feel like, or even just the King James Version, because I feel like that may be one that we're, you know, a lot of us are more familiar with. And it's worth reading because it, it talks about what we are, it does talk about what we are changing. It talks about the wrong way of thinking. Okay, it says this in the uh, King James Version, it says, don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, acceptable and the perfect will of God. Okay. So what we are changing at a you know macro level here is we are changing our thinking from the way of the world or the world system. Some translations call it the pattern of the world. And so Jesus was making this announcement that there is a new system. There is a new, there's an alternative reality. There's an alternative, (laughs) there's an alternative reality that we can live from. That's called the kingdom of God. So repentance is changing the way we think from living in the pattern of this world or in the customs or in the beliefs of the world that we've learned in the world that we've been taught Uh, from the natural world systems, the education system, just, you know, we just are taught from the moment we're born, we're absorbing 
<clears throat> really at a subconscious level, we're getting imprinted with all kinds of behaviors and customs and ways of living that are so low level when you compare that to life in the kingdom, to life in Christ. And so we are getting rid of thinking like the world and we are coming into agreement with the mind of Christ. We are upgrading our thinking. We are up-leveling our thinking. We are transforming our thinking. And when we do that, we are participating in repentance and we are being transformed. Truthfully, in Romans 12, 2, the word that is translated transformed, is, is, which is metamorpho, is better translated transfigured. So repentance is the doorway to transfiguration. It is the doorway into us manifesting Jesus Christ through our lives. It's, it's the doorway into us experiencing Christ in us, the hope of glory, and all of the reality that heaven contains and has been already provided to us through the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. And it is a right now reality. Heaven is now. Heaven is here. It's in you. It surrounds you. In Colossians chapter one, I've, I've taught on the scripture, but it talks about how God was in Christ reconciling the world, reconciling the cosmos to himself. He has, he now holds all things together. The, the universe itself at a quantum level has been redeemed. Jesus Christ is upholding all things by the word of his mighty power. And there is nowhere to escape the presence of Jesus. All we can do, it says in Colossians chapter one, is be alienated from this reality or alienated from God in our minds. So repentance is all about changing what is in our brain. Okay, so now I want to break it out a little bit. I've done a couple of podcasts on this. I, I don't even know the name of them, but maybe we'll post that or maybe Mercy can go find that and put it here because I, I, got, I dive deep into this context of mind renewal. I dive deep into these, these um, the ideas of changing our thinking. Why? Because changing our thinking is what leads to transfiguration. It is how we experience the gospel. It's how we experience God. It's how we manifest heaven on earth. We get what we believe. And this concept of belief is way more deep than a lot of people realize. We just think it's a decision like, oh, I believe, but it's way deeper than that. Uh, but before I hop into the way mind renewal works and the way repentance works, I want to also make this point. In Romans 12, 2, when it talks about be transformed by the renewing of your mind, a lot of times when we think of the word transformation, and even in the New Living Translation, it doesn't do a great job of differentiating this. In fact, I feel like it, it, it perpetuates the wrong idea of what is happening when we change our thinking. It makes you think like, I don't know, I'm going to use my pens. I'll use my pens and my illustrations. It makes you think like when you, remind, when you renew your mind, let's say you're a blue pen, that when you renew your mind, you're going to become a red pen, right? You're going to become a whole new color. You're going to become a whole new, you know, thing, right? It's still a pen, but you're getting my analogy that you're going to become something you're not. Okay. Let me say that, but that's not what's happening. Transformation is not about you becoming a better you. It's not about self-improvement. It's not about, 
you know, cleaning up your act. It's not about that. It's about revealing what you already are. It is about the, you know, transfiguration is such a better word for it, right? Because when Jesus went up to the Mount of Transfiguration and he was transfigured before, you know, Peter and John, he didn't become something he wasn't. It was like the natural realm just peeled away and the glory of Jesus, I mean, his face began to shine. It's like his, his heavenly persona, his real identity be manifested and he became visible to them in spirit form, in, you know, heaven dimension form. And so the process of repentance, the process, process of mind renewal is about the revealing and the unveiling and the experience and the manifestation of, of who you actually are and who you actually are is Jesus in your body. Right. I, I talk about this when we talk about, you know, our union with Jesus a lot, but I am Jesus in a Shalice suit. You are Jesus in a, you know, Ebony suit in a mercy suit in a constant suit in a Connie suit. I mean, and I hadn't seen who else is on here, but whoever, whatever your name is, insert your name. Jesus Christ is in you. And we need to renew our mind to that fact. We need to live from the place where we recognize what is real. It may be invisible, but it is more real than the visible realm. It is more real than material reality. And so we've got to renew our minds. We've got to change our thinking about everything. We've got to be We've got to change our mind that, that this is the dominant, you know, like we're trapped down here in material reality when we are not. We are, we are bilocational. We are multidimensional beings. We are seated in heavenly places right this very moment, whether or not we're aware of that, whether or not we are connected to that, whether or not we can see what the father is doing and find out what's happening in the throne room right this second is 100% linked into how we think and what we believe. So this, this transformation that happens when you change your thinking, when you repent, okay, is, is, a, is just a manifestation of what you already have and who you already are. You're not, be, you're not getting something that you don't have. You're not being someone that you aren't, you aren't already. And that's a key point. I mean, even that concept requires you to think differently than the way that we've thought about things. I mean, we think that, you know, sanctification is a process. Like we're becoming, we're, we're changing into something that is more like Jesus rather than believing that we already are like Jesus. And now because we believe that, we just manifest it. And it may seem like I'm splitting hairs or this is like a subtle difference, but it's not. Okay, trying to get something that you don't already have is a completely different process than using what you already have or enjoying what you already have or manifesting what you already have. And so that is a key to understanding what repentance is, what mind renewal is. Now, I want to break it down a little bit into, uh, I know a lot of you already know some of these things, but it's worth hearing again. Okay, the mind was created by God. <laughs> we are fearfully, wonderfully made, you guys. But we have two minds. We probably have three minds if you count the mind of the spirit. But I'm just going to count these two physical, I don't want to say they're both physical because they're not. But we have two parts of our mind. 
Okay. And I want to talk about our mind in the context, even of our brain. Okay. Because a lot of times we think our brain is our mind, but our brain is just the hardware. It's just the computer, if you will, that's running things. Okay. But our mind actually operates with our brain. And there are two minds. We have a conscious mind and we have a subconscious mind. Okay. I have been a student of neuroscience now probably for 30 years. I mean, I have been fascinated by the brain, fascinated about, fascinated about human behavior, fascinated about just all of these concepts for years. And, you know, I can tell you that, you know, the brain is still, I mean, it's still, there's a lot of things we don't know about it, but here's what we do know. It is powerful and it is programmable. And our conscious mind is the mind that we use to create. It is our, our consciousness. It is our awareness, if you will. It's where we can consciously uh, think and, and uh, reason, if you will. It's where we can create. It's, it's a very powerful part of our mind. But it's not the only part of our mind. Uh, an even more powerful part of our mind is the subconscious mind. And a subconscious mind is subconscious because it is below our consciousness. And our subconsciousness is where we actually believe what we believe. Every belief that you have right now is stored in your subconscious. Okay, now these beliefs, if you were going to, you know, put you know, some little nodes on your head and put yourself into, you know, onto, hook up to something that can, can monitor your brain waves or look at your, go in an MRI and look at your brain. Well, these beliefs are hardwired in your brain in something, in, into something called a neural net. Okay, so we have a neural net or a belief, if you will, for everything that we have learned over the course of our life. Now, the subconscious mind does other things like control our heart rate and, you know, um, there's things within our body that it also does. But I want to talk about beliefs specifically. And these beliefs, we have a neural net or a belief or it, the biblical word would be stronghold. Okay, for everything that we have learned. Okay, you have a neural net to drive. You have a neural net to boil water. You have a neural net to you know, use your computer, like the things that you have learned are hardwired. Okay. This is why we, you know, we can walk, right? We learned how to walk. We struggled with it when we were toddlers, but we eventually got it. And we don't have to think about walking now. We know how to do it and we believe that we can walk and we do it without any conscious awareness necessarily. You know, I mean, we may say I'm going on a walk, but the actual process of walking, we aren't thinking about it. Why? Because it's been programmed, hardwired into the subconscious mind. Okay. And here's the problem that I see in a lot of, you know, just Christian stuff, right? Is we think, and, and especially when we start talking about faith and we start talking about uh, manifesting the kingdom, or we talk about miracles and that kind of thing as that we think just because we consciously agree with something that we believe it. You know, we think, oh yeah, Jesus Christ is, you know, Lord and savior. And, and we say, yes, I, I totally believe that. But the truth is there may be things subconsciously that have way more lordship over your life than Jesus. And how do I know that? Because scriptures say things like, hey, the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And you'll be like, yes, he does. That's the Holy Spirit. I've got the Holy Spirit. 
But are we truly, really believing that? Like if we really believe that the same spirit that Jesus raised up from the dead dwells in us, what kind of life would we actually live? And I'm using that example because we can mentally and consciously agree with something and say, yes, that's true. But that doesn't mean that we subconsciously believe it. Okay. What we believe subconsciously is ultimately what we are going to get in our life. And what I mean by that is that's what we really, really believe. And it's the operating system that controls us. Okay. We have beliefs about everything, about money, about relationships, about marriage, about parenting, about, I mean, you name it. There are beliefs. It's called the pattern of this world. We have a world paradigm. We have a belief system that is stored subconsciously in our mind. So when you recognize these two parts of the brain, you start to look at Romans 12, 2 and scriptures like Mark 1, 15, really, really different than if you just think it's like this conscious decision. Oh, I'm just changing my mind. You know, this is why we can make a conscious decision to do something and then just not do it. It's it, because there is resistance. An example of this is a common example, right? Like, let's say we make a New Year's resolution and we're going to go to the gym and we show up for the first week and we're on fire. But then week two, all of a sudden, We just fall off the bandwagon. Why? Because there is a habit. There is a stronghold. There is a belief system that has been programmed into you. And those are not changed just by a conscious decision. We don't, the, the, the subconscious mind is programmed a certain way. It has, there are things that imprint it with beliefs and making a conscious decision is not it. It doesn't, it doesn't change the programming at a subconscious level. So when Jesus is saying, repent, change your mind, he's not talking about conscious decisions. Are those important? Absolutely. We need to make a conscious decision that we're going to change what we believe, but making the conscious decision to change it doesn't change it. Okay. And this is a really confusing topic, I think, for a lot of people. Um, and then they sit around and think, well, why can't I do this? What's wrong with me? Like, what, you know, why can't I, why is it that every time I get a, le- a little extra money in the bank, I spend it all. It's because you've been programmed with a acceptable level of wealth into your brain. And anytime you exceed that limit or you exceed what is acceptable to that program, you are going to come back down to the level of what you actually believe. Your belief is what you will experience every single time. Jesus said this. He said, all things are possible if you can believe. So belief is a really big deal. And mind renewal is a really big deal because what we believe determines what we experience. And it's why Jesus said, believe the gospel, believe the good news. And it is not something you hear one time and be like, Oh, I believe it. No, it is a, it is a, Mind renewal is a, is a process that we need to, first of all, understand, and secondly, cooperate with the Holy Spirit so that we can change what we believe at a subconscious level. So there's a lot of things that I, a lot of places I could go with this, this topic. I mean, we could talk about triggers, right? I mean, triggers are something the church is so ignorant about. I mean, we think everything is spiritual warfare. I mean, we think, you know, we have some internal reaction or something's going on in our life and we just automatically blame it on the devil. And we do that because we don't recognize how our brain is wired and how our perception works because of how we've been wired. 
And so we have this paradigm, I call it, it's, it's actually part of the world system. The religious system is part of the world system, believe it or not. And, but we have this paradigm that, that everything is spiritual warfare. And the truth, truth of the matter is, it's not. A large majority of the things are being generated by our subconscious mind. Our reaction is coming from what we believe. Our perception, the filters that we look at the world through, the perceptional filters that we look through the world through are governed by our subconscious mind. Let me give a really quick example of this. I use this a lot as the example for my eMERGE students before they start doing what we call rapid mind renewal sessions. We do these rapid mind renewal sessions as a part of eMERGE. We do like five of them during the program. And they're so powerful because... It's called rapid mind renewal because it accesses what you believe and transforms what you believe at a subconscious level. And I'm going to explain a little bit about how that works. So let's talk about our perceptional filters and how they're governed by the subconscious mind. This is a really simple example. I didn't even make it up. I got it from a friend of mine, but it's a great one and I use it. And it's the example of a husband driving in the car with his wife and they are going to some event and they're running late and the wife wants to make sure that the husband knows where they're going and, and they get there you know, as quickly as possible. So she just simply says to him, Hey honey, uh, don't forget, we need to make a left turn up, you know, two, two red lights from now. And instead of the husband saying, Oh, wow, thanks, hon. Thanks for reminding me. I forgot about that. Or thanks. I already knew, but you know, I got this. He all of a sudden has this reaction of what the heck is wrong with you? Do you think I can't drive? Do you want me to pull over? Do you want to drive? I'm happy to let you drive. What do you think? I'm an idiot. I've been driving for a minute, but if you want to do it, think you can do better. Hop in the driver's seat. And so he has this like level 10 reaction to this conversation. Now, what is going on here? What is going on? Of course, it causes all kinds of conflicts and all kinds of strife and all kinds of things. And if you think about it, this is what's happening in our inner, interpersonal relationships all the time. But here's what he does. He takes that scenario into a prayer session, he takes it into a rapid mind renewal session. And those, let me say this. These sessions are not the only way mind renewal works. It's just one of the fastest ways that I've found. So I'm just sharing this example so that you get the gist of how our subconscious mind uh, controls our perceptions and controls the way that we interpret the world, okay? So he gets into the prayer session and it's pretty soon they're in their prayer doing their thing and he explains what happened and they begin to ask the Holy Spirit, what's going on here? And the Holy Spirit brings up a memory. And in this memory, the, the husband is six years old and he's just gotten a bike for his birthday and they're out in the driveway and his dad is teaching him how to ride the bike. And he says, hey, son, when you get down to the end of the driveway, make a left around the garage and then circle back around and we'll do it that way. Well, he gets down to the end of the driveway and instead of making a left turn, he loses control, goes out into the street, ends up, the car's coming, panics, falls over and ends up bending the spike and the, the, breaking the wheel of the bicycle. And the reaction of his father is, you know, screams, freaks out, you know, I think probably, you know, because the car is coming, but he just starts to scream. What is wrong with you? Did you not hear me? You cannot do that. And then he starts screaming, starts screaming at the kid. Okay. At the husband. Now in that scenario, we, what we do, right. Is we, we ask Jesus to show up in that memory because this is a, a this is obviously imprinted something in the subconscious mind of that husband. 
Come to find out as a result of what happened, that little boy believed, you know, one to three lies here. Maybe one of them was, no matter what I do, it's never good enough. Maybe there's a second lie that says I can't do anything right. Uh, maybe, I mean, some of these go so deep, right? That I'm, I just, I hate bicycles. I don't want to ride a bicycle. I hate bicycles. Now, you know, hating bicycles and not riding a bike is not necessarily, you know, a life-threatening belief. But some of these others, right? No matter what I do, it's never good enough. I can't do anything right. Some of those beliefs can sabotage you for the rest of your life. So in that session, Jesus shows up and begins to tell him the truth. Because when Jesus shows up, you guys, in an encounter, he doesn't just show up with the truth, but he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is truth. When God speaks, when, when the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the Father breathe life in these places that we were imprinted, they are transformed instantaneously. And so Jesus begins to share the truth. You know what? You, do, you, you can do things right because I'm in you and you are right. You can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. He begins to speak the truth into that place where the wrong belief was imprinted. Now, let me back up and let me go a little higher again, because see, here's the deal. When the wife said, when you get to this red light up ahead, make a left, it wasn't about the red light. It wasn't about driving. It wasn't about them being late. And it wasn't about the wife. It was about a program that was operating at a subconscious level that was fired by that current day experience. And the reaction was so fast and so below conscious awareness that the husband didn't even recognize that was what was going on. Why? Because the conscious mind and the subconscious mind are not connected like that. This happens so quickly. This neural net, this belief, no matter what I do, it's never good enough. The belief, I can't do anything right, is what's in that neural net, okay? And that neural net started to fire, and that emotional reaction came from an unresolved trauma, an unresolved wound, an unresolved belief, stronghold, in the husband's brain, in his mind, in his subconscious mind. And it wasn't until, you know, he unpacks that with the Holy Spirit that he began to get revelation about that, that that, that, that was transformed. So the next time, you know, he comes back in to talk to the person that had done, he'd done the session with, and he's like, well, how's it going with your wife? And he's like, what are you talking about? Well, I mean, have you guys been driving? Have she been giving you directions? And he's like, well, she always gives me directions. He's like, well, he's like, it hadn't even occurred. Like it's gone. It's like, wow. Yeah, no, I have none of that. That, that whole emotional turmoil, all of that's gone. And when you begin to understand that that is what mind renewal is, that mind renewal is a transformation, a manifestation of the truth and freedom and wholeness. And this is just a, a simple example of a relational issue right? Let's not talk about healing. Let's not talk about manifesting finances. Let's not get into our inheritance, the full inheritance of what belongs to us in Christ. Uh, The reason that we're not experiencing more is because we're not believing more. We're not believing the correct things. And if I wrap this back around into spiritual warfare, guys, I coach, I've been coaching for a long time, but I mean, I coach people every single day that are in life circumstances that are triggering unbelief and their reactions, their inner peace, their, of course, their actions are tied to 
their thoughts and to their emotional life. And so because of that, all kinds of things are happening in their life that are not the kingdom of heaven, are not the victory, are not the overcoming will of God for that situation. But because people don't, un, don't even understand this, and then they don't even know how to unpack all of that and transform that, here's what happens. We live out of the perception that what we think about stuff is actually real. So to put it back in context of the example, if that husband had not done that work to unpack what was really controlling him and what was really going on, he would have continued to believe that his wife was the actual problem. And that if she would just stop giving directions and she would stop being so controlling, then, hey, their marriage and everything else would be hunky-dory, rather than realizing that this was a programming problem. And when I say I coach people in this, I mean, people go all kinds of situations, okay? I'm at work and my boss is this or my coworker is this or uh, you know, I've been praying for healing and nothing's happening and God's not hearing my prayer and God's not a healer. He's a liar. I'm offended with God now. Or we're just not having the results that are the gospel in our lives. And so we have, here's what happens. We actually make up additional things about that experience, right? So it's not just that we don't understand what's actually happening, but now we're in a new experience And now we're believing other things based upon that experience. And so this thing just piles on top of each other and we don't experience abundant life. And we don't even, we don't even know we're not repenting because we think it's just like, I agree with the scripture or we just, there's a lot of confusion around this. And what I want to say about that is, um, you know, when I'm coaching someone and they are unaware of what's below the surface and they don't really understand what's driving them, and then they also don't understand why they are experiencing what they're experiencing and getting the results that they're getting, it's because they also don't have a, a grid or a working model, if you will, of, of how, how what we think leads to what we experience or what we think leads to the results that we have in life. And I just want to say it um, in this context, in this model, okay, Uh, circumstances are not our problem ever. Other people are not our problem ever. What we think about the circumstances, what we think about what's going on is the problem. Why? Because when we have a circumstance, we are going to think something about it. And we're either going to think like Jesus or we're going to think like the world. There's only two choices. And when we think like the world, okay, uh, let me just use this example, the circum- this example a little further. The, the, the circumstance is my wife gave me directions in the car while we were late. Okay, now circumstances, very rarely are we able to objectively look at them. We've already got judgments and meanings and interpretations firing (laughs) from our neural nets and firing from our programming. And and so even just looking at something objectively is a rare quality. But let's say that, you know, that's the circumstance, right? Well, the thinking, the thinking of the world or the thinking like Jesus. Well, the husband's thinking in this case was, you know, subconsciously, consciously he's thinking this though, right? My wife is a nag. Uh, she's controlling, she doesn't trust me to drive the car, whatever that thought process is. 
But whatever that conscious thought process is, guess what? It's going to lead to an emotional reaction. In this case, the emotional reaction was anger, right? And what was, what did the emotional reaction lead to? It led to a result or it led to an action. And the action was I'm yelling at my wife, right? And the result was disconnection and strife. So this circumstance leading to thoughts, leading to emotions, leading to actions, leading to results is the model of how everything in our life works. Something happens. We think a thought. We have a thought that leads to an emotion. Emotions are energy in motion. They motivate us. So these emotions lead to actions and actions lead to results. So if we want to change results without going down the, you know, the staircase here and getting back to the thinking, we're always going to get the same exact results. And so this is why changing our mind or repentance or mind renewal changes our experience. Because when you think something different, you feel something different, you make different choices, you have different actions, and you have different results. And so in any given situation, we just need to know that whatever we go through in life, we have a perceptional filter that is viewing that through a lens of our programmed thinking. So if we want different results, we want different experience, then we need to get down to what is actually happening in our subconscious mind. And when I say what is getting, what is happening down there, it's not necessarily true that you have to understand everything about the wrong belief. Okay. This kind of goes back when I was saying like so much of repentance and so much of this idea is focused on what's wrong. It's not necessarily that you need to know what's wrong. I mean, it is a rapid way and sometimes it's the fastest way to change it. But without even knowing what you subconsciously believe, you can reprogram what you believe. Uh, there are a few ways that that happens. Repetition is, the, is the, the primary way, like the natural way, the normal way, if you will, of how mind renewal happens. I mean, this is why, you know, in the Old Testament, uh, God was so adamant about telling people what to think. You know, meditate on my word day and night, Joshua, Moses, right? You know, put my word as a frontless frontlet before your eyes. Like you think on this thing day and night, Joshua, if meditate on my word day and night and you'll make your way prosperous and have good success. Why? Because he was programming Joshua with the right thinking, right? Abraham, go look at the stars, go look at the sand on the seashore because you're the father of a nation and you need to go out there and you need to meditate on it. You need to see something new. You need to visualize this because visualization and imagination is a, an experience and it, it connects us to our subconscious mind, right? Dreams will do this. I mean, it's a way to, because dreams come out of our subconscious mind. So visions, dreams, encounters, those kinds of things bypass a lot of that. But the point is, is that it is a programmed, your subconscious mind is, a, is like a computer. It, it just input, you gotta, you gotta speak the language, the way that that, that, that mind works. So meditation, meditation, repetition is a scriptural way of mind renewal. Um, there's other ways. I mean, there's so much um, more information available today in 2021 than there was, I think, ever in the history of, you know, in, in the world, they call it performance psychology. But this is 
beliefs are not something that just the church understands now. Neuroscientists have unpacked this stuff. And it's, there's applications even in the world now that are, that are being used to treat weight loss, that are being used to treat uh, addiction, that are being used, obviously, in, in elite sports. I mean, so this, this understanding of how the mind works is, is becoming so much more available and so much more read, readily accessible uh, in, in the world that we live in. Unfortunately, a lot of times it's not accessible <laughs> inside the church because we are so uh, trapped into our religious constructs of uh, in the way that we're we're taught inside inside of church, and we we spiritualize everything, and we think about strongholds, and we think about spiritual warfare. And I'm not saying that we don't have spiritual warfare. I'm just saying if you don't have a working knowledge of this, you're not going to be able to discern what's what because everything's spiritual warfare. It's like you know, if you all you got's a hammer, everything's a nail, and so. I'm sharing, you know, at this level today so that you can begin to recognize I have my subconscious mind is really the only problem I have. And if I can change what I believe and partner with the Holy Spirit to get the truth into my innermost being, into my subconscious mind, then I'm going to think different. I'm going to feel different. I'm going to take different actions and I'm going to have a different experience and I'm going to have different results. And this shows up, you know, what you believe, if you really want to know what you believe, you can listen to your inner dialogue. Okay. We have this, this incessant talk in our head. Again, believers are taught that's all the enemy. It's not all the enemy. I'm not saying it's never the enemy, but I'm telling you the majority of that, we don't, the, the accuser doesn't even have to mess with us because we've been programmed to accuse ourselves. We have been programmed with, with a low self-esteem because we have been programmed to believe that we're separate from Jesus. I mean, the master mind renewal belief is that you are one with God right now, all the time. It's not based on your performance. It's not based on on anything that you've done. It's based on what Jesus did. And he did it 2000 plus years ago and it's finished. And you are one with him because of what he did. And it's true, whether you are aware of it, whether you're experiencing it, it's still true. But if you want to be, I want to experience it, then you got to be aware of it. You've got to program this. And this is why, like in my own life, for a full year, the Holy Spirit said, I want you, you meditating on Colossians chapter one, I think it's 17, but it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Why? Because he wanted me to get it ingrained in my subconscious mind that I was one with Jesus. Where do you think I got the phrase, I'm Jesus in a chalice suit? It was from that year of meditating. Now, most of us are thinking, what? You're going to meditate on a scripture for a whole year? You know, and yeah, it, but I needed to renew my mind about that. You know, because we are just these consumers of information without transformation. We think sitting there listening to the gospel is going to be the, is going to be the key. It's not, it's not the information that you hear that transforms you. It's the truth that you know that transforms you. And that knowing is not, I can consciously spit it out. A parent can do that. This is about transformation that happens at a subconscious heart, at the deepest part of your, uh, your psyche. And so you know, the other ways, I mean, there's lots of different ways. I mean, you can condition a new belief, like I said, through repetition and, and just like going to the gym through meditation, but you can also do it through something that's called, I mean, in a different circles, it's called a pattern interrupt. And this is the, this is the scriptural principle of us taking our thoughts captive, right? So if you can listen to your inner, inner dialogue and begin to observe your thought life, it will give you a very good clue to what you believe, okay? And a pattern interrupt is simply replacing that thought 
with a good thought. Okay, so it's taking your thoughts captive to Jesus. So it means when you think something like, no matter what I do, it's never good enough, you think the opposite, which is the truth. Well, what is what is the truth? I can never do anything that's good enough. Well, maybe you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. It's taking the truth of scripture and taking that thought captive. And truthfully, this is what Jesus did when he was tempted in, in the wilderness for 40 days with the enemy. The enemy, in that case, it was the enemy bombarding his thoughts. If you're the son of God, causing doubt, right? If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And he was like, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the father. What was he doing? He was, he was, he was intercepting the accuser with the truth. So whether the accuser is the you know physical enemy or spiritual enemy, whatever you want to call it, coming at you, or whether it is your own self-talk, the process of pattern interrupting or the process of taking your thoughts captive is the process of not allowing negative thoughts in your mind. And if you really want to see heaven manifest in our lives, we have got to learn to control our brains. We've got to learn to own this thing. I heard one person say that our subconscious is so powerful. It's like an elephant and it can bow through a wall. It can do all of these things, but it's got to be tamed. Okay. You have to own it. You have to, you have to, you know, uh, master it. You have to, you have to own your program and you have to say, this is my brain. These are my programs. These are my beliefs and darn it. I'm going to believe the truth. And I am going to work and partner with the Holy spirit to let him bring up to me the mind renewal project that we're on right now. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt those wrong thoughts, right? I'm going to meditate on the truth. I'm going to work with other modalities. I mean, we have different ones. We have something called emotional freedom technique, which is a kind of an interesting technique in the sense that it involves tapping on your body. Most believers are going to be like, what are you doing? I don't know. You know, but, but the truth is we can also, our physiology, our physical bodies are, we're not just a brain up here, but everything is super connected and our body movements absolutely affect our brains. I mean, you cannot, if you smile, and then you try to think something negative, it's very difficult. So this connection between our physiology, our biology, and our brains is also very real. And this is, you know, a lot of tech, a lot of different modalities of, of changing the way we think. I mean, there's ones now for trauma, PSTD, you know, that has to do with rapid eye movement. I mean, there are lots of ways to hack uh, what we believe in a subconscious mind. And I have been on this journey to get the best hacks to supernaturally hack with the power of the Holy spirit, what we believe, because I want to see rapid transformation, not only in my life, but in the lives of all of my clients, all of my students, all of you here in my sphere of influence, I want massive transfiguration. In fact, my purpose is transfiguration. I, you know, I am here to see the transformation of the body of Christ into the image of Jesus into, I want, I want Jesus representing the, I want him to be represented in the body of Christ. I want us to be a manifestation of the Christ in us. And that's not my desire only. Obviously, that's the gospel. That's Jesus. That's the apostle Paul. That's what the point. We want to see heaven. We want to see the kingdom. We want to see all that Jesus has provided. So I said a lot. And this is probably one that you've got to watch more than once. We might end up loading it on the podcast. So it'll be easy to easy to access, but I just want you guys to 
make really a, a conscious decision <laughs> that you are going to make mind renewal and changing what you believe at a subconscious level, a priority, a priority, because if you want to fulfill your purpose, you want to, again, see the manifestation of heaven and God and all of the things that are true about you. This is the door. Jesus is the door, but the door has been opened by him for us to believe the truth. And the truth is so much better than we've been taught. It's so much, it's, it's, it's naturally unbelievable, you know, because it's just too good. It, 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 we're cynical. We're, it, what? What do you mean? I can do the same works that Jesus did and even greater works. I mean, like immediately we're like, whoa, you know, it just tilt, tilt, tilt. But this is the door. This is the way. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Let me pray. Get you guys all off and running. Father, thank you for everything that you shared today. Thank you that the good news is so much better than we can wrap our heads around. But I thank you that the Holy Spirit is here with us to help us. He leads and guides us into all truth. We are not doing this alone. Uh, Father, I would not believe that Christ was in me, the hope of glory, if the Holy Spirit had not been with me meditating on that truth, if he had not led me into the different modalities and the different things that we know. And so I thank you that this is your project to do and that we can partner with you and that you, can, you know how to change what we think. You know what we believe, even if consciously we don't. And so, Holy Spirit, we just invite you into the deepest recesses of our minds. We invite you in to our subconscious mind and we say, do your demo work. Do your renovation work. Do your re reconstruction. Renew our minds. Remodel our brains so that we can experience the fullness of Jesus, the fullness of the Father, the fullness of who you are, Holy Spirit. We want it all, not just on some scripture in the Bible. We want it in our life. We want it in our experiences. We want in our experiences. We want others when they look at us to see Jesus, we want to conform to the image of Jesus in our actions, in our emotions, in our thoughts, in our decisions, Father. We want to see things from your perspective. We don't want to be controlled by subconscious programming. We want to be objective and discern and operate with the mind of Christ. And so we say yes. We say yes to the process. Yes to you uh, partnering with us in that. And we are ready. So here we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you guys. Have a wonderful Tuesday, a wonderful week. And as always, if you've got questions in the comments, let us know. We monitor it. If you haven't scheduled a breakthrough call with my team to find out more about how we're working with our clients and how we can help you experience more of God and step into your purpose in the next 90 days at a level that you never thought possible, then schedule a breakthrough call. We'll make sure and put the link here uh, uh, with the Facebook live, but get on, get on with our, our, our coaches, get on with me, you know, and let's talk about all of these concepts. You are where you are in your life because of the way you think. You're experiencing whatever level of experience you have with God because of what you think. But if you're ready to take the limits off and you're ready to make a rapid transformation and rapid progress in your life, schedule a breakthrough call. You will be blown away by the experience of the call, but you also uh, will be, in, you know, learn more about how we can work together and some of the work and the programs that we have here to help you 
really release the fullness of Christ in you, release the full potential of who God has created you to be rapidly. You know, we call Emerge a school of transformation for a reason. Uh, We have deep revelation around how transformation actually works. We have deep revelation and tools and experience and watching incredible transfiguration, incredible transformation in people's lives in a very amount, very short amount of time. And what that enables you to do is constantly be stretched to believe bigger, to believe bigger, to believe bigger, so that the impact that you make in the world and the dreams in your heart actually are exponentially possible and doable because you are connected to the one that's going to be doing them through you. So God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.